For Truth with a Texas Twain, Fireside Talk Radio, the show where women ponder the things we store in our hearts. Host Kathy Carafi invites experts to talk openly about what women care about, like how to create lifelong companionship, dealing with mental illness in our families, bullying at school, and many others. You name it, we talk about it. Listen in now as Kathy helps us find answers to our most tender questions. Welcome to Camp Crafty's Fireside Talk Radio, where our goal is to ponder over all the tried and true stuff women store in our hearts as we knit our families together in lifelong fellowship. Our favorite verse on this show is Luke 2.19, but Mary kept all these things and pondered them in her heart. We want to thank Home Instead, our sponsor for this episode. Home Instead Senior Care provides trustworthy, kind-hearted senior home care services in your loved one's home. All caregivers are thoroughly screened, extensively trained, professional, and reliable. At Home Instead, it's about providing the highest quality home care services to fit you and your family's needs. Now, I brought Chris Lake back for this podcast, and we did a show just recently that told his story about growing up in a historic town of Nacogdoches, Texas, and thinking he might be Huck Finn, or I, I thought of Daniel Boone or Davy Crockett, because that's what little boys in our area always want to be. But That works. Yeah. Hi, Chris. I'm not even going to go into your bio because um, I, and I loved what you said about Ginger. That whole story was so much a valentine to your wife. And I love oh, yeah. the way. Yeah. And I mean, I, I, one of my pet peeves or pet projects, I guess, is when I interview, I've interviewed so many leaders over the years in our, our area. And I, I can always tell a really great leader, and almost without fail, they always brag about how awesome their wives are. I mean, it's like something you could almost predict. So that be, that's become a theme with me. I just love to listen to men talk about their wives, especially successful <laughs> men. Yeah. So I loved hearing what you had to say about her. And then I loved what you said that uh, you consider Ruth and Boaz, their story in the Bible, the book of Ruth, yep. as God's... Uh, like great, I don't know. Handbook for romantic love. His handbook for romantic love. There you go. I was going to say a romance novel, but it is. It's got all the. It's got all the drama of a romance novel. So why not? It does. Well, welcome yep. back. I'm I'm so glad you're here. So we're talking about fatherhood today. You're okay. an expert on that. You've got those five beautiful children. You and Ginger have created this lovely family, and your God is just using you. One thing I like about the way you talk about her, you didn't mention it in the first episode, but in some of the stuff you sent me, I saw that you call her your co-minister, and I oh, yeah. love that. I love that. Why don't you talk a little bit about that for me? Oh, gosh. Well, our, I mean, so all parenting is, um, is discipleship. It's just discipleship that you can't escape, neither you nor the disciple. And so, um, you're, you're both in it. And that's all it is. It's, it's the, the Christian family is really the ultimate expression of Christian community, the marriage first and then the family. And then every other is supposed to extend from that. And what we are first, Christ's followers first are ministers. I mean, that's what we are. Everything else is a role that comes and goes throughout life. But as a follower of Christ, what we are is ministers. And my first ministry is with and to um, Ginger, my wife. And then my next five ministries are to and with my children. And and turning them into ministers. Um, and so, in fact, 
the first the first thing I always end up talking about when someone wants me to talk about parenting is the first role of a great parent is to have a great marriage. Mm-hmm. It is the most important thing. And again, I know you've got plenty of people in any audience nowadays that that, that is broken and gone and yeah. an opportunity may be gone. But I will tell you, even among divorce situations, even among nightmarish, abusive, narcissistic um, relationships that have broken apart and are hard-hearted, your children are still watching how you treat their pe- other parent. Yeah. Even if they're crazy. Now, that doesn't mean you have to let them walk all over you or any of that. It's not, it's not some codependent no. thing. It's, but, but that you show respect, that you show care, that you pray for them and for God's best for them. And that you have all boundaries. That and healthy boundaries. All of yes. those are signs of love. And those are things that kids... Um, that our kids need to see. So our our first responsibility, I think, as a parent is to do the very best we can to exemplify a God-glorifying marriage because, well, as the Apostle Paul said, we, we love as Christ loves the church or we devote ourselves to our husbands as, um, as though to the Lord. And so that idea is, um, I'm, not, I'm not abusing that word, we've Submission is a great word, and it's the appropriate word from the Greek. It's just we've abused it in, in English so easy. Yeah. I, usually, I usually go to devotion now because we don't even know what it means in the Greek anymore, but that's a other topic another time. But the, you know, I want to interrupt ahead. you and say, speaking of words, I know you're so often ministering to other believers, but I know this radio show has people that listen that are not Christians, and, and I love that right. about what, what I get to do now, and, and I know you do too. You have a wide audience of people that love to talk to you because you're so open to everyone's perspective, but that word oh, yeah. min- minister, that's a very churchy word, and also discipleship, so I like it that you took okay. the word submission and gave us a different word, devotion. I, I love that. That, to me, yeah. is so much more, there's so much more truth in my relationship, when I'm devoted to David, that makes more sense to yes. me. And so yes. I want you to go back and redefine minister and discipleship okay. so people know what we're talking about. Perfect. So minister here, the word minister just means servant. Um, it's another word that just means servant. It's like the word deacon in Greek means servant. Minister just means servant. Someone who you are tending to, that you are taking care of, that you are... Your mission is to accomplish these positive things in their life. So that's all, that's all that a minister is, is someone who, admini- who administers care, um, who and takes I, care of, who provides for. And I've done it both ways. I've done it in the flesh, we would say, or in the spirit, like with a good attitude or with a bad attitude. So sure. I, can ser- I can serve my family with a bad attitude, but I don't really think that's what you mean. I don't just mean that, although I will tell you, sometimes I will, I think sometimes in today's world, we overemphasize how we feel about it yeah. versus what the right thing is to do. And so even if my, now I don't want to make someone pay. So if you mean by bad attitude, like some kind of martyr syndrome or something, obviously that's not good. But if I don't feel like doing the dishes, that has no bearing on whether or not I ought to do the dishes. Yeah. Um, I don't feel like playing with my kids. That has nothing to do with with my moral obligation. Now, it's always great when I do feel like it. But, of course, that's always always going to be stuff we don't want to do, don't feel like doing whatever. So we want our attitude to pursue, to chase after our decisions and our understanding of right and wrong, not the other way around. On that topic of what we feel like doing, I've 
I've often explained to my my family, we don't always um, feel like having fun and playing a board game. Like I did so much of that when the kids were little. But what adult yeah. plays Candyland because it's stimulating to them? I mean, they do it because right. it ministers to the kids. It serves the children. Right. So, and then That's that right. turns out to be a ton of fun. So. To me, that's right. a great example so of having the right attitude. Yes. So something that is a – if something doesn't come naturally to you, um, this is – by the way, this is a huge part of what I teach on sex stuff, is if something doesn't come naturally to you as sex typically doesn't for women as far as intuitively, meaning it's not identified, it's not wrapped up in their identity like it is for most of us as men. Mm-hmm. Uh, again, total other topic. There's stuff that's yeah. website on that and the, and the other co- – Let's come back to that, but also I want people to know they can go to South Spring Baptist Church's website and they can find more. You've done some great work on. T- you talk so openly about sex, and I'm so grateful that you're putting that stuff out there where anybody can get a hold of it. Thank you. Great. Yeah, yeah. That's that's sad that we lost that at some point, but um, uh, but so that back to back to the whole thing that that whole of course children cost energy. Of course, it doesn't come naturally for us to play without especially disorganized play adults are just almost impossible for us to do it we yeah we yeah. sit down and start to play and we end up organizing their toys um, we fall asleep because <laughs> <laughs> yeah exactly so with grandchildren we're so goal oriented <laughs> oh all the time it's, it's so um but that's a uh that's that is part of it is being intentional being strategic um putting our heart into it the way we put our heart into it is we invest our treasure there. We invest our resources. We invest our time, our money, our strategy. We think about it. Um, mm-hmm. We read about it. That's the, kind of the saddest thing for me, especially for men. I know women sometimes this is true, too, is that when I teach men about being a dad, I, I reference there's a psalm in the psalmist who talks about um, in Psalm 127, about the, which you referenced earlier, or, or maybe that was in the other show, about being um, being a warrior with a bow and arrow, and children like the arrows and the quiver. Oh, the quiver, yeah. And so, and and the idea here is when I teach that to men, I talk about the Battle of Agincourt and how the 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 archers at Agincourt could fire six arrows, have six arrows in the air at a time, and could fire a quarter of a mile and could pick a man off the back of a horse. I mean, it was, and I talk about that to rev up this energy with them and say, now they were professional archers. You're a professional at something, uh, most men are, and we take great pride in that. We train for it. We educate ourselves. We practice it. We get mentoring in it. We whatever. But most men have never read a parenting book. They've mm-hmm. never listened to a parenting podcast. They've never – and yet it's, it's arguably the second or third most important thing that a man can do. And most men will even say that, that you know being what? a great dad is one of the most important things, that, but they do so little to prepare for it. I really want you to hold that thought. We're going to be back in about a minute, and I'm going to ask Chris a lot of really tough questions about being a father, and also if you're a wife and you know there's some stuff that needs to be happening and you don't know how to get there. And we're going to enjoy the sound effects in the background because I think his kids That's are right. playing in the, in the yard. <laughs> so as we go to break, I want to thank our sponsor, Home Instead, again for presenting today's episode. Remember, you can catch more interviews anytime on a full range of topics that women ponder in their hearts at kathycraffy.com. That's Kathy with a C, K-R-A-F as in Frank, V as in Victor, E as in edward.com. And don't forget, Chris Legg has two ways you can find him. You can go to chrismlegg at .com or .org. .com? 
dot com or southspringchurch.org. Dot, dot no, southspring.org. Southspring.org. And he has got a full range of topics, and he's a scholar with a sense of humor and a very practical outlook. So I hope you'll look for that. And stay tuned, because when we come back, I'm going to ask him a whole lot more about fatherhood. I can't wait. We don't want to miss a moment at Fireside Talk Radio, so stay tuned for more adventures as we talk about the things women store and ponder in their hearts. More truth with a Texas twang when we return. You ought to see my blue-eyed Sally. She lives way down on Shimbone Alley. The number on the gate and the number on the door in the next house over is a grocery store. I'm here with Mary Ottman, and I asked her to tell you about Water to Thrive. Water to Thrive builds wells and changes lives for people living in rural villages in Africa. Waterborne illnesses have killed more people than all of the armed conflicts combined since World War II. In fact, 5,000 children under the age of five die each day from waterborne diseases. Since 2008, Water to Thrive has built 750 wells, benefiting 400,000 people. You can make a difference by donating at www.watertothrive.org. Have you ever met one of those people who just can't be stopped? It's like they're unstoppable. Yeah, I have. Me too. What's their mystique? Nothing stops these people. Each week, join Coach Frankie Picasso for Mission Unstoppable, where you'll meet some of the most amazing people. They've accomplished their goals despite insurmountable odds. They beat adversity, physical hardship, and traumatic events, and emerge triumphantly. They're people just like you and me, and they're winners. Are you unstoppable? Join Frankie Picasso every week for Mission Unstoppable and learn how. Stop. What if I told you there was a new place for senior care? A place where mom's bathtub recitals are met with rousing applause? Where Lola the Yorkie Poo has the run of the place? A place where corn dogs are on the menu? Whenever. It's home, where mom built her life. Call Home Instead Senior Care at 1-800-455-CARE or visit homeinstead.com to learn more about in-home services like 24-hour care, memory care, hospice support, and meals and nutrition. Oh, miles and miles of Texas. Yeah. We want to thank our generous sponsors for making these candid conversations possible at Fireside Talk Radio, where we talk openly about the things women store and ponder in their hearts, where truth and Texas twang meet. Hi, we're back with our very special guest today, Chris Legg, and we've been talking about fatherhood, and usually this moment in the show I like best because I ask what I call my megaphone question, which is, if you had a megaphone and you could shout to the world what was the most important thing and everyone would download it into their brain, what would you shout about fatherhood, Chris? Okay, so I'm going to cheat like Jesus did, and, uh, and I'm going to give two answers. When he said, uh, you know, love Lord God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength, mm-hmm. and love your neighbor as yourself. So I'm going to go with two. 
Um, <laughs> about being a dad, the first one is honestly being an, a being a, a world class husband is one. Um, being a world class husband is one. Number two is um, using the platform that dads have um, that's that's special to dads. Um, dads typically have a platform with kids that moms can't have. Mm. Um, just because that's one of the differences. Dads tend to speak identity, for example, mm. um, very, very powerfully. And so for us to learn um, maybe one of the most beautiful passages um, in the New Testament when um, God the Father speaks over his son before Jesus has accomplished anything, um, God says, this is my son in whom I am well pleased. And when I speak to men and women, the idea of knowing that their father is proud of them, that he speaks that to them, and not just on what they do, but just because he gets to be their dad. Mm. Um, it is the quickest, easiest, most simple thing that a man can do that will carry his children through tough times is when they know whether you accomplish anything or not, whether you're really, really smart or not, whether you're really, really pretty or not, is irrelevant to me. I am proud because I am your dad. And that is something dads have got to communicate as much as they can. I love that. You know, my son has a great story about that, and I'm going to share it just real quick. He had a, a segment of his life as big and powerful as he is. Somebody decided to pick on him and bully him at school. And one of the, one of the teachers observed all this, went on for months, and asked him one day, how is it that you're able to stand strong in the face of all this? And Will said, because my dad says to me regularly, you are my my son in whom I'm well pleased. Yep. yep. I that is so true. The first time Dave said that to him, I thought it was sacrilegious to say it. <laughs> it is, that turned out it Dad is was God, right. That's right. It is God modeling for us being a good dad. Um, I love that. I don't, I don't know if this is a universal thing. Um, by the way, so going back to the, what we finished with about men reading stuff, um, let me tell, tell, I mean, men aren't, I don't know how many men listen, but the men who are there, um, and it's hard for wives to tell their husbands this, sadly, yes. but um, when, when men can, we do need to be experts in this stuff. There's great material out there on marriage by Feldon mm-hmm. and Gottman and the new um, book, um, You and Me Together Forever, You and Me Together. Um, there's some great stuff out there that, that men can read and need to become experts on. Um, and then the same thing with parenting. There's so much great material out there and great podcasts and stuff like this, this station even. I mean, men ought to be checking. This is a great insider trading if the men would listen to this. But um, uh, that is a uh, – that type of thing, men being intentional with their words. Because, see, here's the deal. What, here's what we don't know as men. So to us, we're Clark Kent, mild-mannered reporter. We are insecure, especially around our women, radically so. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and even the most abusive, narcissistic of men, what really fuels them is their insecurity. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying you should feel sorry for them. They need therapy, um, not pity. But, uh, but for us as men, I'm a confident man, and yet I feel insecure and nervous around my wife. Um, and most men do. And, even in, and this is a woman who I've been married to 25 years. I love dearly. Mm-hmm. Um, but, and yet there's something about her approval that, that I, don't, I don't fully understand its power with me. And so what most men do is they handle that passively or poorly or defensively, and we don't, mm. we're not good with that. The same thing can be true with our kids, that we don't, we're not intentional because to us we're just Clark Kent. I'm stealing this from a, a book 
many decades ago called um, The Hidden Value of a Man by Smalley and Trent. They opened oh, it. Oh, yeah. To us, we're Clark Kent, but to the men, to the women and children especially, and many other men around us, we're Superman. Yeah. What we say and what we do carries an effect and an impact that we have no intuition for. We're still, you know, highly criticized, um, kind of stupid, scuff our shoes in the dirt, little boys so often in our own minds. Um, and so the idea that, that my words matter, um, that I can't just wield the strength that God has given me as though it doesn't have an impact, we end up destroying or failing to build up as God, God gave us this platform. He gave us the strength. Mm-hmm. We're Superman acting like Clark Kent doesn't make you have less power. It just means your power is less well used and less, less well directed. Um, men really connect to this picture. Mm-hmm. Sometimes I'll bring swords um, when I go mm-hmm. speak and one is razor sharp old sword from World War II, and the other one is a tra- is a training sword. And men are so careful with the World War II sword because they don't want to cut their own arm off. Oh. Um, and so, but they're you know they'll they'll swing around the training sword like doing their best Bruce Lee moves. When I, and I use that to show, as men, we think of ourselves as as honestly pretty dull, and we don't realize that the words we say and the things we do can have an extremely positive effect, like a surgeon's knife or an extremely negative effect, like a, you know, an unintentionally swung weapon. And so um, that's what I would tell men about being, parent, being a parent is our words, our actions carry with them an effect that, that you don't, men, that men don't have an intuition for. We don't do it. Most of us don't do it on purpose. Mm-hmm. We don't realize it. To us, we're just us. You know, we're not I, dad, we're not husband, whatever. I think it's so important. I have two thoughts to go with this. One is, I love it that you have access to a World War II sword. That is, <laughs> that's such a treasure. I mean, what a beautiful yeah. thing for men to get to hold that and think of the history of it and and where it's been and the kind of action it saw and, yeah, and yeah. life or death. And then to be able yeah. to transform their thinking so that it they can understand their words are just as serious as that World War II sword with all that history. The other thing yeah. I want to mention is, I mean, I just love it that you do that and that you share that with others. Um, the the other thing I wanted to mention is, I just did an interview, and it'll be coming out soon. I want my listeners to look for this. If you're struggling with this in your home, of your husband's feelings of insecurity, a, a wonderful man named John Drury, who's well-known on the West Coast, wrote a book called, Lord, I Feel So Small. And I was so yep. fortunate to get him to come and be on the show. So he talks specifically, because I kept asking until he answered the question, how as women do we build up our husbands so that they understand how significant they are in our lives, even when they feel, you know, the question is, why don't men feel, of course, women all feel insecure. We all know that. <laughs> we talk about it all the time. So, but so men do are the different. Men. So, yeah. No, we're different in our expression of it. But, um, I mean, that's one of the big breakthroughs in modern mental wellness is the recognition mm-hmm. that depression looks like depression in women and often looks like anger in men. Yeah. Uh, men use anger as an anesthetic for what we really feel very often. And so um, uh, my therapist will often jokingly say men seem to have two emotions, angry and not angry. Um, that's, uh, it's not true. Obviously, we have m- many more than that. But as most men, we are, I mean, women can ask their husbands, mm-hmm. describe the training you got on how to handle and deal with and engage with your own emotions as a kid. And their answer is going to be a blank stare. 
Like yeah, we got just, we get nothing. Yeah, nothing. Don't cry, be a man. And so, um, if that we we have yeah. three minutes. I like Uh-oh. that word. I like the word ang. I know it goes so fast, and you you are just a wealth of information. I like the word grumpy when trying to to figure out if your husband's uh, suffering with any kind of initial depression or or you know yep. anxiety or grumpiness is a symptom in men of of emotional well being that is you know needs some attention. Yes, and the disconnect is very grumpy is a very common. Uh, a very common symptom of a disconnect, a uh, uh, feeling disconnected from the people around us. Uh-huh. I, w- I would also comment um, for women to engage with your husbands. So here's a here's a good rule of thumb. Oh, good. That typically, again, I'm not talking about all men. Three to five percent of men have serious uh, personality disorders, and this is not effective with them. But for the rest, um, uh, for the rest of men, here's a good rule of thumb. Men are trained and wired to slay dragons and rescue damsels in distress. Mm. Um, the way even the bar biology is made for that. So what you have to ask yourself when you're communicating with the man in your life is, are you presenting as a dragon or are you presenting as a damsel? Now, here's, I, don't, I don't mean this in some sexist, weird way. I mean literally yeah. pragmatically. If my wife says, how come you never help with the dishes? That's aggressive. It's critical. Um, it's mothering. And so that feels dragonish to me. And my temptation is either to fight back or to get defensive or to shell up. Um, she may even get the dishes clean. I may clean the dishes, but I'm doing it. Um, well, for the same reason, a lot of women have sex with their husbands, unfortunately, which is to avoid the negative emotional consequences of not doing it. And so I may do it just to get her keep her from being mad at me. But if she says to me, which my wife is brilliant and knows this stuff, she will say, it means the world to me when you help me with the dishes. Or oh, well, you, changed, so practical. you changed my whole day when you help with the dishes or you changed, you made my whole day better when you, simple stuff, just that change in language, that motivates me because remember I'm insecure around her. I want her approval. Words like that, I go, okay, I know how to get those kind words and approval from her is to do little sweet things for her. Okay, I have to cut you off. We only have about 15 seconds, and I want to thank Home Instead for sponsoring our show. But, Chris, will you come back and let's talk about sex? I think people would love to check that out. Yes, I would love to. I know Susan Ellsworth talked about sex after – after having breast cancer. So I think we could add to that body of information that we're putting out there and it'd be really valuable. Thank you for joining us today where we speak truth with a Texas twang about the very things that touch our hearts. Thank you for joining us today and we will see you again next week. Oh, God in peace.